0: We owe you our hallelujah. Yes, we owe you our hallelujah, God. There is nothing, nothing we have to sit for a king like you, Lord. Nothing, nothing. But we can praise you. We can praise you. We can give you our hallelujah. And we can give you our hearts, God. Because you want our hearts above all else. And once we give you our hearts, you will have our praise. You will have our hallelujah, God. But I pray that you purge us, God, of anything that is not like you. Empty our hearts out of the things that are not like you. Father, we love you. We thank you. And move me aside and allow your word to to be received by your people. In the name of Jesus and the church said, Amen. amen. Hallelujah. 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 Can we give the Lord a hand of praise right now? A hand of praise. Lord, that's for you, Lord. That's for you, Lord. The heart of the matter, church. The heart of the matter. If we listen to those songs and all that we have is a heart, a heart that says hallelujah. A heart that says hallelujah. That's all we have. He's not asking for our money. All he wants is our heart. All he wants is our heart. And that heart filled with the spirit of God will lead us into action for Jesus. But it starts with the heart. The psalmist says, create in me a clean heart and a right spirit, Lord. Created me a clean heart and a right spirit, Lord. He didn't say create me to be rich and famous, to be beautiful of all over. No. Created me a clean heart and a right spirit to be more like Jesus. Amen. To be more like Christ, the Savior. Search me. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Search me, O God, and know that when I I make my mistakes, I fail you time and time again. But search me, O God, and know my heart In my failures, God. Know my heart. Know that I'm struggling, God. Search me and know that I'm struggling, God, but I'm trying. I'm trying, God. I will be present, God. I will not give up, God, even though I'm struggling. Search me, God, and know my heart. Search me and know my heart. That I leave no excuses, God. We're not perfect, God, but search me and know my heart. I fail you time and time again, God, and I ask you to search me and know my heart. So that you can change my heart. So that you can change my heart. This is the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter. This message, church, It's not about the physical aspect of our hearts. No. No. Because the physical aspects of our heart is going to one day let us down. It's going to one day stop pumping on us. It's going to fail us one day, church. It's going to fail us. This is about the spiritual aspects of our heart. The spiritual aspects of our heart. Because the spiritual aspect of your heart, church, will determine your eternity. It will determine your eternity, church. That is the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This is the heart of the matter. This is why it matters what's in your heart. This is why it matters what's in your heart. Those that are pure in heart, for they are the ones that will see God. Those that are pure in heart... For they are the ones that will see God. That's why it matters what's in your heart, church. That's why it matters what's in your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The pure in heart are those who, are, who devote themselves to God. They have devoted themselves to please God and to bring honor to God by the way they live. They seek the attitude of God to love what is true and right and have hatred for what is wrong and evil. Their heart, which includes their mind, And their will are in tune with God's very own heart. Meaning their thoughts, their desires are pure according to God's very own holiness. Hallelujah. 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 The pure in heart, church. Bless it. Are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That's the heart of the matter. That's the heart of the matter because one day I want us all to see God in right standings. In right standings, church. The heart, the heart is that spiritual, that spiritual part of us where our emotions and our desires dwell. Most of us would agree that our emotions are stored up where? In our hearts, ready to burst out, right? At any moment, at any moment. That's why it has to be under control of a renewed mind. Of a renewed mind, and our desires that we have flows from where our hearts. that is why also has to be under control of a renewed mind. So we must be careful, church. We must be careful what we allow and who we allow in our hearts. We must be careful about what and who we allow to what. Influence our hearts. There's nothing worse than a broken heart. Nothing worse than a broken heart, church. I know we have testimonies about that. Nothing worse than a broken heart. Our emotions. Our emotions. They are good if they're put in the right place. If they are put in the right place, they can reflect what's going on in our hearts. Because a well-led heart can produce the desires, the desires of good fruit, as love, as peace, as kindness, as gentleness, self-control, and every other emotion in its right place and right time. But if our emotions and desires are led by an unrenewed mind that has no relationship with Jesus, that could be bad. That could be bad. That could lead to a lot of foolishness and a lot of wrong and bad choices and desires, church. And desires. Let me ask you this. Knowing what you know about God right now, If you had to decide on a love relationship, getting married, would you choose someone whose heart has been nurtured by the word of God, renewed in the word of God, that knows how to love, that knows how to care, that knows how to provide and protect? Or will you choose someone whose heart has been nurtured by this world? Who emotions are all misguided and misplaced. And desires are all selfish. That's something to think about, church. That's something to think about. That's something for our young generation to really, really think about. Really think about. We don't know what's in the person's heart. We don't know what's in the person's heart. Until it shows itself, right? Until it shows itself. Then it may be too late. But we all take that risk and we take that chance. But we got to know what's right and what's true. So we can know the difference. See, we can see it. We can call it out for what it is. Hallelujah. The expression, church, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Familiar phrase. Follow your heart. But this can be misleading. This can be very dangerous following your heart. Because this represents the belief that our hearts will lead us to true happiness. It represents the belief that our hearts will lead us to true happiness if we just find the courage to listen to it. And that's what makes it so dangerous. That's what makes it so dangerous. And I know I'm not the only one in here with a testimony about how dangerous and misleading following your heart can be, right? I know I'm not the only one with a testimony. But some would say, if you're not following your heart, you're not being true to yourself. And And it makes it so much dangerous. Misleading. (laughs) When it all, when it boils down to it, all it really means is this, church. When I'm going to follow my heart, all it really means is I'm going to pursue my own desires. I'm going to pursue my own desires. Watch out. For anyone that says, I'm just going to follow my heart. Because <laughs> oh. what they're saying is going to be all about me. It's going to be all about me. Look out. I'm going to follow my heart. I'm going to pursue my own desires, right? Emphasis on you and desires. Yeah. <laughs> because, again, if those desires are coming from my heart, Whose mind hasn't been renewed in the word of God, those desires will be arising from a, 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 a fallen nature and will be deceitful above all things. And it will lead to trouble. To trouble. So the idea of following your heart is not so good, right? Not so good. If it's not rooted in the knowledge of God, <laughs> led by a renewed mind in the Word of God. So, next time, church, somebody says, I'm gonna follow my heart. You tell them bye. <laughs> tell them bye, bye. Bye. I'm gonna follow my heart, bye. Because that's what they're telling you. They're telling you that it's not about you, it's about me. That's the warning. <laughs> Run, run. Matthew 6, 21. Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, he was teaching his listeners the the difference between earthly treasures and heavenly treasures. He said this, he said, do not store up, store up for yourselves treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store them up. Store them up for yourself your treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure what is there your heart will be also. Where's your heart, church? Where is your heart? Not your spiritual, not your your physical heart, but your spiritual heart. Where is it? Where is it, church? Where is your heart? See, the concern is not your treasure. The concern here is not your treasure. Where your treasure is, that's not it. That's not it. The concern is where is your heart? The concern is where is your heart? Our treasure is anything we value above all else. Our treasure is anything that we value, that we hold up above all else. And again, not about treasure. Not about treasure. Every possession, church, every possession in this earth is temporal. Every possession, every possession, it's not about the what. (laughs) If every possession in this earth is temporal, it's not about the what. Not about the what, it's about the who. It's about the who, church. It's about the who. Who do you value above all else? Who do you value above all? all else and I know for some it may be money it's the careers, it's the fame it's the power it's attention, it's our children, it's our spouses it's our family members, our loved ones and yet all of those things are temporal they are temporal and will one day be gone be gone Yes, the children, the spouses, the family, friends will one day be gone. The Bible tells us that our lives is just a mess and will vanish and one day be gone. We can't count on tomorrow, church. And then what? Then what? When you are left here, and everyone else is gone, then what? Who will you value above all else then? Who will you value above all else then? Better yet, if we are gone, if we are gone and everyone else is left here, then the question will be, who did they value above all Because that will determine your what? Eternity. It will determine your eternity. There's only two choices. Two. Two choices. There's Jesus and everything else. There's Jesus and everything else. And Jesus do not come second to none. Second to none is not Jesus. There's Jesus and everything else. Heaven or hell. There's no in between. (laughs) There's no in between, church. It's either Jesus or hell. That's why we don't have time. But the great thing about Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the one who loves us so much, the great thing about him is that when we devote ourselves to him above all else, when we dedicate our hearts to him above all else, he makes room for everything and everyone else in our lives. So why would we wait? (laughs) Why would we wait if he's going to do that? But let me tell you, let me tell you about everything else and all the other people that we put in our lives. When we put them first above Jesus, they will never make the sacrifice to allow you to put him first. They will never make the sacrifice to allow you to put him first if you put them before him. They won't do it. Your jobs won't do it. Some of your loved ones will not do it. Your friends won't do it. They will hold you back. They will not allow you to make the sacrifice to put Jesus first. So be careful, church. Be careful. There are many things, church, that are vying for control of our hearts. Many things. And yes, even people. People do not want us. Some closest to us do not want us to store up our treasures in heaven. No. No. Because according to Jesus, determining where your treasure is will also determine where your heart is. Right? And some people some people want our hearts to be just focused on them and them only. Many people claim to look forward to heaven. But their hearts are not really into it. Their hearts are not really into it. Their hearts are caught up in the cares of this world because that's where their treasure lies, in this fallen world, in this fallen world. But we must follow the good treasure. Hallelujah. We must follow the good treasure of the Lord. Hallelujah. We must follow the good treasure to heaven. We must take that stairway up to heaven and follow the good treasure, church. Take that stairway to heaven and follow the good treasure of the Lord and not of this world. Hallelujah. Where's your heart? Where is your heart, church? Where is your heart? What is the condition of your heart? What is the condition... Of your heart. What are you feeling in your heart? Is it full of stones? <laughs> is it cold? Is it burning hot? <laughs> is, is there trash in your heart? Is it dirty? Or is it pure and clean? is it pure and clean every one of us in here has some kind of heart condition has some kind of heart condition the question is what is the condition of your heart ask yourself that look yourselves in the mirror what is the condition of my heart what's going on inside of me Why do I do the things that I do? Why do I say the things that I say? What have you been putting in your heart? What have you been putting in your heart? Because we need to be mindful, church, what we're putting in our hearts. Mindful of the things we watch on television, mindful of the music that we listen to, and mindful of the people. That we listen to. Because what's in us, what's in every one of us will come out. Whether it's good or not so good. It will come out. Because what comes out of us, church, what produces out of our mouths and our actions will show what's in our hearts. It will show what's in your heart. What you say, what you do, will show what's in our hearts. But if we are living a life centered around Jesus Christ and that he is the desires of our heart and we value him above all else, our hearts and our lives will produce heavenly things. Heavenly things, church. Our mind will be focused on heavenly things. But if our minds are closed to the word of God, closed to the things of God, then our hearts are not well. Our hearts will not be well at all our hearts will become frail, frail, cold, and sick, and sick. The Bible says the word of God is the bread of life. But if we are not allowing the spirit of God to have his way in our hearts, we refuse in life. if you're not allowing the Spirit of God to have his way in your heart, you are refusing life, church. Life! Then our reactions to the Word of God, the things of God, would not bear any good fruit. The fruit will be rotten fruit. It will be rotten. And our choices, our decisions, will not be spirit-led because they will reflect a spiritually dead heart. Our relationships, our marriages, our our friendships, our relationships with our children, our families, will not be spirit-led. Will not be spirit-led. Our reactions to people To our co workers, to our friends, our reactions will not be spirit led, church, because we will be making these choices, decisions, and reacting out of a heart of stone, out of a spiritually dead and dark heart. And those relationships will be trouble. We'll be trouble. See, we got a lot, of, a lot of Christians, a lot of so-called Christians walking around with a sick heart. With sick hearts, church. With a serious heart condition. Serious. Serious. Not physically, no. Not physically, but spiritually. Spiritually dark, spiritually dead hearts. See, I'm not the problem. You're not the problem. They are not the problem. It's a heart problem, church. It's a heart problem. That means that every one of us has to look inside of our own selves. It's a heart problem. Inside of you, inside of me. until we value Christ above all else, until we direct our hearts towards him, we're going to continue to have a heart problem. We're going to continue to have a heart problem. See, when I see people that don't do what the Lord wants us to do, I don't see them. I see their heart. I see their heart. And I pray for their hearts. Because that's the issue. That's the issue. Jeremiah says this, 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Who can understand it? The heart represents our inner being, feelings, thoughts, and, of course, our desires. One way, church, that we can be led by a deceitful heart is that we give no energy, we give no commitment, no dedication, no desire to seek in the Word of God or the Kingdom of God and His righteousness. The Bible tells us to seek His kingdom and His righteousness first above all else, and everything will be added. To seek the kingdom is to consider the godliness of everything that we say and everything that we do, our thoughts our words, our actions. We must examine everything, our words, our thoughts, our actions, and ask ourselves, will this, before we act, before we do anything, will this be acceptable to God? Before I even... uh, Make a comment before I give my opinion, before I try to help someone, before I even punch like. We must say, will this be acceptable to God if I'm a Christian? If I'm a Christian, because that's what matters. That's what matters. Ask ourselves, church. Ask ourselves. Because Jeremiah 10 says this. I, the Lord. I, the Lord, search the heart and examines the mind. See, we must be careful about our words. We must be careful about our words that come out of our mouth and the actions that come out of our hearts. We must be careful, church. Again, we can't judge anyone's heart. We can't judge. We don't know what's in someone's heart. Only the Lord knows and the Lord will judge. But our actions and our words speak volumes. Speak volumes. In a way, we tell on ourselves, right? We tell on ourselves with our words and with our actions. See, Jesus is not concerned about a lot of other things. I'm sorry, he's not concerned about a lot of other things. But that heart and that mind, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Ever wonder why Jesus don't talk about our appearance? (laughs) He don't talk about color, race, beauty. We can get all the lifts we want. We can lift all the weights, gain all the muscle, grow all the beards we want, right? <laughs> Jesus is not concerned about our outer appearance. He's not. He's not. He's not. Samuel 16, 7 says this. I'm going to read it off of here. He says this. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. On the heart. We can do a lot of things, church, but one thing we can't do is change ourselves. We cannot change ourselves. We cannot change ourselves. We can change our appearance. We can try to gain all the money in the world, all the fame, all the power in the world, all the nicest things in the world. We can attempt to gain. But none of those things can change the attitude or the condition of our hearts. None of them. We can try to cover it up. See, we sometimes think that because we may dress so nice and look so beautiful on the outside, that our insides are clean. But that's not the case, right? That's not the case. We can go around looking like one of intelligence until we open our mouth, right? (laughs) Until we open our mouth. (laughs) We can't change the evil. We can't change the bad. We can't change the ugly inside of us by changing our appearance. We can't do it. Some of the evilest people in this world, church, are decked out in two- and three-piece suits, are decked out in some of the nicest and the the priciest uh, gowns, right? Some of the evilest people in this world are the people that we watch on TV, that we cheer for, that we rush to get home to cut them on, (laughs) Some of the cold-heartedest people in this world is some of the people that the world say are the most beautiful and attractive people. But they are so (laughs) cold-hearted. Yes. We have to be patient with the process of God, church. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves and rush in the process of who God created us to be. We must be changed from the inside out. And that's something we cannot do. That's something we cannot do. We can change our outer appearance and look different. But not our am. We can't change that to be different. can't change it to be different, church, at all. Jesus changes us. From the inside out. Jesus. Jesus taught that it's not what's inside inside of us that contaminates us, it's but what's in our hearts. What's in our heart contaminates us. Contaminates us. Therefore, if we are to change, it must begin with your heart, church. It has to begin with. Your hearts, and the only one who can change the heart is Jesus, and He changes us not from the outside in, but from the inside out. The inside out. That's why the psalmist said, "Created me a clean heart and the right spirit." Oh Lord, He didn't ask for none of this. He wanted the Lord's help within, within, within. The Holy Spirit is how Jesus changed us. From the inside out. The Holy Spirit, we know Him, right? We know Him. The Almighty Holy Spirit. Everywhere. Everywhere. The one who lives in you. The one who lives in me. He is the one. The transformation of our lives is what happens when we accept the gospel having been made right with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, and then we receive the Holy Spirit of God, church. But the difficult part is that we are tempted to always focus on our behaviors and our appearance, and we take the focus off of Jesus. It's when we behold Jesus, we behold him as our Lord and as our Savior, that we are changed. Behold him. The stronger our relationship is with Jesus, the more we trust him, the more he will be able to change us. The more he will be able to change us. So even though our hearts are new and the Spirit's, Our new, it has to be nurtured. Our hearts, your heart has to be nurtured. That new spirit within you has to be nurtured, church. It has to be nurtured. How many of us before Christ could understand the Bible? How many of us before Christ could understand the Bible? Could read the Bible. When you tried to read the Bible, you felt, probably felt dumb, right? Yeah. Yeah. See what the Spirit of God had, had done for you now? Yeah. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. If you want to know whether your heart is well or sick, read the word of God. Read the word of God. Probably a reason that a lot of people stay away from the word of God. Because it's going to tell you who you really are. It's going to tell you the condition of your heart. When we willingly, willingly submit to the word of God, our attitudes, the attitudes of our heart will change. It will change. If we desire to be the best in this life, if we desire to be changed people of God, if we desire to live as the best fathers, the best mothers, the best grandparents, the best friends, the best all around, brothers and sisters, We must allow the Holy Spirit to change the attitudes of our heart, church. He will change the attitudes of our heart to show the character of Jesus. To show the character of Jesus. Understand that. If we allow the Holy Spirit to change the attitudes of our heart through the word of God, we will begin to show the character of Jesus. Think about that. If we allow the Holy Spirit of God to change the attitude of our hearts, we will begin to show in our lives the character of Jesus. If you have any issue with yourself, any dislike about yourself, allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in you. If you want to change something about yourself, allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in you. (laughs) You will be walking around in the likeness of Christ. Now we have that before us, right? We have that understanding through the word of God, that's what happens. Why would we wait? Why would we not? go for that. Why will we still walk around like we live in darkness when we could be changed to the likeness of Christ? Why? Why? And that's for those of us who hear this word. You will be, we all will be held accountable to knowing this to knowing this. So if we still decide to walk around in darkness, we will be held accountable for that because we know the truth now. We know the truth. We have no excuse. We have no excuse. So we must spend time with God, studying his word for ourselves. Get in the word for yourself, church. I could stand before you all day long and preach the word. But if you don't get in the word for yourself, it'll be hard for the seed in your heart. To be honest, it will be. It will be. If you don't get in that word for yourself, mm, this life-changing word. You want to change your life? (laughs) Hallelujah. You want to change your life? Here you go. Here you go. Fill your mind. Fill your hearts. Here you go. Here you go. We must form an unbreakable bond and strong, intimate relationship with Jesus through that word and through prayer. Jesus has to be above all else. That means he has to be your best friend. Me and my wife has an understanding. Yes, we love each other. But we will not hinder each other from putting the Lord first. We will hold each other accountable. We will put each other in check. If she sees that I'm not putting the Lord first, she will check me and vice versa. We hold each other accountable to the Lord. To the Lord. Partner up. Partner up. We all need somebody to hold us accountable, right? Partner up with somebody. It is hard on your own. You know, the Bible speaks of the different yoke. And and, and that's true. That's true. That's hard. That causes division. Division. Division, And in closing, I want to say, guard your hearts. Proverbs 4.23. Guard your hearts. Guard your hearts. Guard your hearts above all else. Above all else. For it determines the course of your very life. Of your very life, church. We must grow to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because whatever we desire, whatever desires are in our hearts, they will eventually show in the actions of our life, right? And it also will show what's lacking in your life. What's lacking in that heart of yours. It will show that selfish love, right? That lack of empathy and concern. It will show that lack of compassion, that lack of forgiveness. It will show itself. Lack of godly understanding. It will show itself. Lack of godly wisdom. It will show itself. Lack of a relationship with Jesus. It will show itself. It will. Be careful, church. Be careful. Our hearts can be corrupt, our hearts can be good, our hearts can be helpful, but it determines what we put in it, whether we're being led by lies or the truth. So in the relationship between our hearts, church, and our minds, the relationship between our hearts and our minds, it should be the renewed mind in the word of God that leads the Christian heart. Renew your mind in the word of God and allow it to lead your heart. If your mind is not renewed in the word of God, your heart is not going to be well. It's not going to be well, church. Not going to be well. And then the Bible says you will be able to test and approve. What God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, by renewing our hearts, our minds, church, our hearts is purged. Our hearts will be purged of all of that evil, foolishness. And filled with the, true, the truth of God's word that brings life and peace with God. Amen? hallelujah. 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 Let us get ready for uh, communion as we prepare to close. I'll give you a second to get your cups ready.